0: Welcome to the Tyler and Toddy Show. We have another fantastic week of college football. I'm joined always by uh, my co-host here, Connor Caligari. Connor, how are you doing?
1: Uh, Long week so far, but we got some good football coming up. We had a little bit of a snooze fest, I like to call it, last week, so took the week off. But we're back now with a lot of action to talk about, some storylines from last week, some takes, I'm sure. Uh, I'm just ready to get this thing fired up. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, you sound fired up. So uh, <laughs> let's just let's just get into uh, looking back at what happened the last couple of weeks. So uh, week one, the uh, SEC struggled a little bit, but I think the SEC struggles were a little overblown because of the schedule that the SEC played. Um, I mean, if you look at it, LSU goes to uh, basically Wisconsin, a home game for them. Um, Ole Miss goes to basically a home game for Florida State, and the SEC basically went 3-3 three and three in um, games for ranked opponents. Um, so do you have any quick observations for Week 1, and then we'll go to Week 2?
1: Yeah, LSU isn't that good. I think we both knew that. Ole Miss isn't that very deep. I think we both knew that. Um, it, it wasn't the need. None of the results. I mean, the probably the Ole Miss-Florida State one was the least surprising one. You could kind of see it playing out that way, competitive for a little bit. Um, it was a really weird game, just kind of the way everything happened. Um, and it was like 34 unanswered points. It was like 24 unanswered points by one team, and then 34 by the other. Uh, so um, that was weird. Listen, the 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 way LSU looked against Wisconsin wasn't surprising. I mean, you, people were freaking out that they. Did, I mean, they they ran the ball pretty well. They couldn't got bad quarterback play and Pretty played pretty good defense. I, that that sounds about right for me. So don't don't call me shocked. Uh, even though I, I think I picked LSU to cover.
0: Uh yeah. So if if you look at <laughs> you look at the games that were played and the, a lot of the lower tier SEC teams struggled too. It's you you have um Auburn who put up a pretty good fight against Clemson, but the uh other SEC teams like uh Arkansas, they put up a good performance week 2, but the, the some, some of the lower lower team term SEC teams, you don't you're not analyzing the bottom tier of the ACC or the Pac-12, you're not going to look at Colorado's game and go, they got blown out. Look how bad the Pac-12 is. You're not going to look at uh, somebody in the ACC in the very bottom of the ACC and analyze their performance. But the SEC is the number one conference, so you look at the bottom tier teams and see them struggle against south alabama in terms of arkansas or somebody so i think it was a little unfairly scrutinized um let's move on to to week two um arkansas kind of rebounded week two um tennessee rebounded a little bit against virginia tech although i think virginia tech's pretty bad oklahoma state ref gate um Hello. lane kiffin saving uh, argument on the sidelines uh what were your <laughs> observations kind of there
1: First and foremost, how funny it was that they like dropped confetti and had this huge like NASCAR trophy for the Battle of Bristol. Um, the, the memes that came out, you know, um, congratulations on you know Butch Jones uh, learning how to beat Alabama and uh, Florida by only making the season two weeks long. Uh, like just some just some great memes for, from from those pictures because they really celebrated it like it was a big game when they beat a team who's probably not even going to go to a bowl. <laughs> uh, obviously, the Arkansas t- TCU game, it's one of those things where it's impressive right now, but we've seen so many impressive games in the past that happened week one, week two, uh, maybe even leading into week three. That, you know, when you go down and revisit them a few weeks later, they're not all that impressive. So let's see. I thought TCU was going to be good, but they did have a lot of question marks. Let's see how that ends up being. But as of right now, Arkansas looks pretty good. Uh, they seem to have that identity again. And, and those uh, Brett Bielman teams always kind of play with his attitude. And, um, Yeah, it it was impressive. Um, I I don't know what what your really thoughts are on... I've got a little bit of a take on on the ref gate. What are your thoughts there?
0: Well, what I didn't figure out until Mike Pereira kind of said it after the game was... I guess the Big 12 has this ridiculous (laughs) rule called like the... um, I forgot exactly what it's called. It's like if if something goes disastrously wrong at the end of the game that affects the outcome of the game, then it can be overturned. And since it was a Big 12 game... Uh, they have the Big 12 replay official because whoever's the home team, they have to know how to use that replay equipment. So the referee could have overruled the replay of that play and made Oklahoma State the winner, but he didn't, so he got suspended as well. Um, I mean, I think in any of the games, I st- it's still nice to have the human error effect. I don't think you, you can go back and change an outcome post-human, uh, post after the game. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you'd like for him to get it right, but... Here's the I thing. I mean, they got it wrong, Here's, and that's, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Life's not fair.
1: Here's the thing. You know what? It, do, it doesn't matter at all. There's humans are going to be deciding whether or not they... If, if it gets to the point to where they're like a really good team to, down the line, and they come up against a team and they have to factor in that loss, There's these are human beings going to be talking about in the playoff committee or the selection committee. So they're gonna just say they won the game. It doesn't matter unless it's like unless they only win five games this year and they're trying to get bowl eligible, which I think they're gonna win more. So I don't think it really. I don't really think it matters.
0: Well, yeah, it doesn't matter conference wise. It wasn't a conference game, so it's not gonna factor into them winning or losing the conference. So if they do what they needed to do the rest of the schedule to place in their conference or get in their conference, then that that doesn't really matter yeah so what
1: um, what do you think about uh Nickki Sabin blowing up on uh Joey Freshwater <laughs> on the sidelines
0: um I mean Nick Saban's kind of uh whole thing is that he doesn't he doesn't yell at his players on the sidelines he just treats his he treats his assistant coaches like ridiculously and has temper tantrums and yells at them um i thought it was i thought it was pretty hilarious just because I don't have the highest um thoughts of of Lane Kiffin. Uh, and it's always nice to see Lane Kiffin humbled a little bit for the way he's acted in the past. But on the other hand, it's just Nick seeing Nick Saban yell at a grown man like that and act like that on the sideline is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and I, 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 don't, I don't think – I hate it when I see coaches on the sideline, especially college coaches, have giant temper tantrums, whether, you yell, whether they're yelling at assistant coaches or yelling at players. Like the guy that has all the power on the sideline that's in charge of that whole huge program is just making somebody – Humiliating somebody on national TV—I hate when that happens in any circumstance, pretty much.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think Saban absolutely hates him, um, but I I think he just kind of you know bites his for the most part bites his tongue because of you know how how really the success they brought on that side of the ball since like kind of really the identity of college football and that's on offense has changed and it kind of was. Getting um, at Saban in the way they were doing things in the past, so we kind of had to step out there and hire him. But you know, other than that, uh, anything else really in the, in the week to, uh, two games that stepped out to you? You ready to move on to the on to the lines?
0: Um, well, one of the things I was just thinking about is just both Clemson and Tennessee's offenses. They both have kind of running QBs, and I think at the beginning of the year, both of them were against lesser opponents, were trying to make uh, their QBs just just throwing QBs. Granted, Deshaun Watson's a good deal better, Um, but they were trying to kind of just have pro offenses either not get their quarterbacks hit or try to prove something to the draft people or the pro people, but it quickly became apparent that their high-powered offenses aren't very high-powered without the quarterbacks running. So the second half of the game in Bristol with Tennessee – they kind of put the ball on the ground more and started running. Um, and then we haven't really seen a high-powered Clemson offense with Deshaun Watson, but I have a feeling that they're going to go back to more of a, a running style this week. But neither of those offenses have looked very good in the first two weeks. Um, Justin Fuentes kind of started giving out some Christmas presents early to Tennessee in the second half. I think they had two uh, two drives less than 10 yards. Um, but, yeah, there's the... the let the poor those two offenses being really poor in the first two weeks or something that definitely stood out to me and you can't really take you can really take your running quarterback and try to make him a, a pocket passer in those spread offenses
1: yeah no obviously I, I would share a lot of the same sentiment uh, I think I think Clemson can kind of figure it out you know we've seen the trend of the team who loses the national championship kind of not only just struggle out of the game but kind of struggle in general the next year. Uh, but Clemson people they kind of just seem to uh, omit the fact the factor that like they lost a lot of players and they, and they really did. Uh, so you know they didn't need to run them. I mean, you could say they did. They almost lost last week to a you know a scrub team. But you know until they really get into the the position where you know they go into the game knowing they're going to have to you know be dynamic on offense and run the quarterback then. And I think we can kinda of safe to say that you know, I'm gonna trust them when that time comes and their schedule sets up now, so I think where they really have a little time to, to figure things out. Tennessee, I, I Josh Jobs has never been able to throw, so that doesn't surprise me.
0: Um alright, yeah, I think that's that's all we got from the past two past couple weeks. So uh when we come back, we're gonna move on to the week three game.
1: Telling what I'm feeling, Hey, the on
0: said i'm behind yeah, yeah. A- yeah. A- yeah. A- Companies and pesos, I got people on my payroll. She don't do it unless I say so. I don't smoke if it ain't fuego. I should sauce on my black prego Fedocini with Alfredo. All I wanted was the fame in every game that made on Sega. I was five or six years old when I had told myself okay. Welcome back. Uh now we're gonna go over our favorite week three college football games. Um this is the first time ever that the top three teams in the AP poll have played true road games against ranked opponents in the same weekend and college football history, so uh, this is going to really rival week one as a a great college football weekend. Um, The first game we're going to look at is uh, a noon game, so great job ACC scheduling on that one. Um, That's college game day is going to be there, number two, Florida State at Louisville. Florida State is a two-point favorite. Um, Derwin James is out five to seven weeks, just got announced today he had surgery, Um, Lamar Jackson's looked very powerful. What are your thoughts on this game?
1: So, yeah, the first thing that sticks out is that, I mean, the first three weeks of the season in major conferences are all games that are pre-scheduled. So the, you know, the fact that the ACC didn't have enough foresight to think that this was going to be a big time matchup is, is kind of unbelievable, quite honestly. And so, you know, it was pretty... Pretty obvious Louisville is going to be good, and everyone knew FSU is going to be really good. So to have this game slated for noon, or maybe they came out, maybe they don't do that like the SEC, but they you know, they could have seen this game coming as a big one and still at noon. It's kind of crazy. Uh, because it's at noon, it's not a night game, and it's not a Thursday night game, I think Florida State wins comfortably. Um, Derwin James is out. I, I think Louisville's good. I think they could be one of those teams where, um, you know, they look really good against some inferior competition. They get punched in the mouth once against a team who really does have you know, as good as talent as anyone in the country. Uh, I don't think really Louisville has the horses up front to, to run with Florida State. You know, it's a close competitive game, but uh, Florida State minus two. I, I think Florida State's a, a touchdown better. And, you know, Louisville can probably get better from this loss. But, you know, I think Florida State can, can kind of pound the ball um, and make up and break up some big plays like we've seen. And, and of course, with uh, Ramsey, a quarterback, they, they've looked pretty good as well. And it's not Ramsey. What's his name?
0: Uh, Francois. Francois. Yeah, Francois's
1: yeah, Francois yeah. been Benny Fishing a quarterback. Uh, I think it's a high scoring game, so like a you know, like a forty two to thirty five or something like that Florida State.
0: Yeah, so uh, I think Bobby Pacino has probably been looking forward to this game for a long time. Um Lamar Jackson, I mean, he, Lamar Jackson was pretty good early in the season. He kind of had his coming out party in the second half first Auburn at the beginning of the year last year. And then when they, they played Florida State um, at Florida State and lost by 20 last year, but Lamar was kind of developing. I think he's probably the one of the best athletes I've really seen at quarterback, uh, closest to like, Michael Vick that I've seen in a while. Um, he has 13 touchdowns and 57 minutes of game action, which is ridiculous. Granted, they played charlotte and syracuse um i do think this game will be a lot closer than last year but i agree with you i think fsu is going to cover they're too talented um they have they're they're, i've been watching a little bit of that uh show uh showtime show because my roommates went to fsu uh it's been kind of painful for me but you you can just even see in practice and the they have they have athletes all over the field. They've had incredible recruiting classes. Um, Dorian James is probably the best, if one of the best defensive players in the nation, if not the best. Yeah. So losing him's definitely something, but they have plenty of talent, and um, I think I think they'll be fine. They'll they'll cover. I agree with you. They'll cover by. Uh, they'll get win by a touchdown, and they'll cover.
1: And what you, what you you said something uh, that was uh, interesting because you saw Lamar Jackson like you said in the second half of that Auburn game last year it was a really ugly game and he was doing things that were just kind of like broken plays and that offense wasn't ready really for his skill set yet um, I never would have thought he would play the way that I've kind of seen him play the past two weeks and and obviously um, the competition like you said was nothing and I don't think Syracuse even tries to play defense but impressive nonetheless and um, a noon game how drunk is Papa John going to be at this game. <laughs>
0: Papa John's gonna be hammered in the in the Louisville Papa John Stadium. Do you think, he just, do you think yeah.
1: he just eats breakfast pizzas and like?
0: <laughs> like. <laughs> Probably. I mean, the, this that going from straight from I don't remember the last time there's been a college game day game that's been a noon game. Like going straight from college game day, doing picks, just straight to the game. It's gonna be it's gonna be lit outside the stadium there. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's, maybe another kid will throw up his Venmo name and get some Venmo dollars. God, if you if you donate to that kid, you are a tool. I mean, it's a cool
1: idea because it works.
0: He said he, the Venmo said that he got over five thousand payments. They couldn't say exactly the amount he got. I guess because he has to say that. But I mean, you can donate as little as a penny, but you have to think people are give throwing him five ten dollars. He had to make Anyone to
1: donate of, five thousand pennies to me. That's fine.
0: Yeah, he had to make. We had to make thousands of dollars. Venmo gave him fifty dollars themselves. But, <laughs> Any, All right, so anywho. All right, right.
1: Well, let's uh, over this next one, and we'll, we'll drop it a little later. So let's go to Mississippi State playing um, at LSU in Death Valley. Uh, LSU's ranked 20th in the country. We said, what, the line was 14, LSU's favorite. Yeah. It's, um, it's a night game, Death Valley, a lot of points for a team. Um, and Mississippi State, who lost to Southern Alabama, but came back last year, just, or last week, and absolutely crushed South Carolina. So a lot of weird things going on here. What, what is your really feeling on this kind of – this
0: game with two really unknowns of how good or how bad these teams are. Well, yeah, last week, uh, Brandon Harris came out and was laying a stinker, and they put Danny Etling in, um, and he played pretty well in the second half, but he he didn't play awesome. and Everybody's like, their offense the is going to be... Re- Rejuvenated with with Danny Etling, Danny Etling, Cam Cameron show, but uh, he didn't. He played okay. He just there's such a low bar with Brandon Harris that any offensive production at that spot is is great. Um, if you if you remember, uh, Les started uh, a young Brandon Harris at Auburn um, and got crushed um, early in his career, and Les said it was the biggest mistake. Of of his career, um, there's been a lot too. So there's been a lot of mistakes in that career. Um, so I th- Mississippi State I think is a little better than everybody thinks with that start. Like you said, versus South Alabama, they beat South Carolina, but South Carolina's uh, pretty garbage. I think they're going to play LSU tough, but I uh, I think I think Mississippi State can cover that fourteen. This will be a really really big pivot point in the SEC West these next few weeks to see who who can compete with um, with Alabama. I mean, LSU playing Mississippi State and then going to Auburn next week, uh, A&M at Auburn, and then Arkansas, and then, of course, Ole Miss and Alabama. So really going to really be interesting to see what happens in the West here to see who can compete with um, with Alabama up there. A lot of separation going to happen in the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Mississippi State, I, they, they're going to start Fitz, what is it, Fitzpatrick, the quarterback, or Fitzsimmons. They just call him Fitzy it's in Bulldog land.
0: Fitzsimmons.
1: Fitzsimmons. Um So, yeah, I think fourteen. 14's a lot. I, I just, I find it hard to LSU can really pull away, really, unless, you know, it's a game where, and it could happen, a game where, you know, it's like Leonard Fournette goes for like 250 or something like that. So pulling away by two touchdowns seems like a lot. So I'll give ben, Mississippi State the benefit of the doubt with their quarterback situation. Um, I don't know if call it figure it out, but stable at least, so to speak.
0: Yeah, if... Uh... I mean, if Mississippi State somehow pulls off an upset or keeps it close here, LSU has to go to Auburn next week, um, if LSU loses either of these two games, that seed is going to start getting extremely hot for less, and there we might even see like a mid-year firing if... if if the team starts playing poorly, Cause that that it, it's not it's not just the, the losing; it's how inept the offense still looks. There's been, yeah, there's, just, the seems to be to no change. improvement, and I don't think he can just fire Cam Cameron and say that that's that's the reason. Like at some point, he has to take accountability for that. Well,
1: they would they would have fired him last year. Jimbo Fisher didn't uh, matumbo them, so
0: <laughs> that's that was the rumor. Jimbo Fisher was seconds away from being hired. Um, All right, the next game we got here, uh, Texas A&M at Auburn. Um, Auburn, uh, Texas A&M being ranked 17th, uh, but Auburn being the home team is a four-point favorite in Vegas. What are your thoughts here?
1: Interesting line. Uh, I think Vegas knew – we talked about the Auburn-Clemson line, right, and how it's hard to win in Jordan-Herr. I think – Vegas knows what they're doing. I, I think I'm going to pick Auburn. I think the defense is going to be good. I still don't believe in Texas A&M or Trevor Knight. I didn't really see anything out of Trevor Knight even in the past couple of weeks that shows me that he's anything more at most than, like, an average quarterback. Um, I think it's very hard to win at Auburn. It's very hard to win at night. I think their defense is a little better. Um Believe it or not, scoring how, or they had like 700 yards of offense against um, some directional school last week, I think, and that's if that's giving them any any confidence at all, it'll help uh, because I do think the defense. We talked about the talent they had. It seems to seems to me that they have actually put together some of that talent, and it's it's kind of a stout defense, um, despite Clemson still being slow in offense, and maybe that be being misleading. But I, I think Auburn, I think Auburn wins um, four points is a lot. Uh, I think.
0: Vegas is sucking people into taking Texas A&M, though. I'm not falling for this again. Yeah, Texas A&M beat uh, Prairie View 67 to nothing. So, um, I uh, I'm actually going to go with Texas A&M here. Um, I've been pretty impressed with their uh, with what I've seen from their defense. Um, they opened up with that overtime win over uh, UCLA. Um, I think John Chavis, John Chavis, and them boys. Uh, is is getting that defense turned around? Their defensive line is dominant. Miles Garrett up front. Um, I'm still. I think. I mean, Auburn's got an awesome defense as well. Kevin Steele, their defensive coordinator over there, is, has done well with that group and that talent over there. Um, uh, but I think Texas A&M ma- makes the difference uh, offensively. I don't think Auburn's offensively is going to be able to score as many points. I think Texas A&M gets uh, gets the win on the road. I think they've been a little. A little pleasantly surprised this year. I think you might feel differently, but uh I think they will be able to cover and win um at night there uh, in Auburn. Jordan Hare. Jordan, they go um, they call it they call it Jordan Hare. Jr <laughs> Jordan Hare? Jordan Hare. The Ducker Jibs. <laughs> um, all right, next game we got here, um Michigan State at Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is an eight-point favorite.
1: Yeah, so the Michigan it's it's at Notre Dame. Michigan State. I don't think Michigan State is a team where like, playing on the road really matters because the way they play, they play really good defense all the time, and they kind of just figure things out on offense, running the ball. Uh, the quarterback's name is actually Connor O'Tyler, so that's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, that'd be funny. If shout out! Shout out to us. Shout out to Connor O'Tyler. It'd be funny if his name never mind but um i, I do michigan state getting eight points all day i don't think it's i think this is the biggest lock of the of the week um i'd love and i love it at eight i mean even if i was at seven i would still kind of like it but you give it more than a touchdown you know i mean uh, i'm pretty confident michigan state they'll play good defense um i think notre dame's still pretty good and probably can still win but you know more than a touchdown come on now
0: yeah, I think Michigan State uh Michigan State it right where it wants to be uh under the radar. I I was, saw a graphic on um I was watching the Big 10 network last weekend. I saw a graphic where they had their power rankings. They didn't have Michigan State in the top 5 of their um Big 10 power rankings. You were so, watching uh, the Big 10 network? Last week, I forgot what game I was watching. It was Rutgers on, it versus
1: was, Maryland
0: um no no not, i just made that game. game up i'm just kidding yeah you did um Mo that's driver right mark antonio wants his team um i think michigan state might has one of the best defenses that uh mark antonio's had and uh tyler o'connor uh led that upset last year at number two ohio state where that kicker had the epic celebration at the end of the game <laughs> um and so i think yeah, i think Eight points is too much. I think the uh, Sean Kaisers, awesome. Michigan State's still a good team, even though they had that heartbreaking upset versus Texas. Uh, I think they'll get the win here, but eight points is too much for this Michigan State team. I agree All with right. you on that one.
1: So we'll go into the next game. It's another agreement. Uh, we're kind of you know, mixing and matching some agreements and disagreements. So it's not, it's been good pod so far. Good pod father Potter.
0: Not like um, not like that uh, trash first take knockoff with Skip Bayless and um, Shannon Sharp. They literally yeah. just copied the exact same show from ESPN and just put it on. But like Shannon Sharp is just obviously making disagreements that don't even make sense.
1: Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's the show that's on at 10 a.m., so if you got time to watch the show at 10 a.m., you're pretty much garbage anyway, so that's probably why you like the show. (laughs) Um, We'll go into the next game, Ohio State, who's ranked number three. That's just a high ranking for a really young and the the most inexperienced team in the country, but uh, ranked number three, Ohio State, is uh, playing at Oklahoma number 14, where they are actually, Ohio State, as a road team, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The game's at 7.30 at night in Norman, Oklahoma. Thoughts, partner?
0: Um, all right, so if you look at the Oklahoma and Notre Dame, who we talked about last, these are really kind of desperation games for them. A week two loss will put both of them pretty much out of the playoff. They'll both have two losses. Um, that'll pretty much end their season for two teams that had pretty high expectations coming in. Um, Ohio State lost a ton of talent, like you said. Um, their defense is pretty nasty. I don't know if there's any coach in the nation that's better um, with young talent than Urban Meyer. If you look at his uh, 2006 national championship, he lost a ton of people and came in and coached that Florida team up and got them to a national championship kind of under the radar with a with a lot of talent from those Ron Zook recruiting classes. Um, I think uh, Oklahoma <clears throat> offensively the Baker Mayfield just had had to do too much that first game and defensively they they struggled um against Houston there. So I think uh Ohio State's going to go in there and um be able to be able to knock off Oklahoma and Norman.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to be I, I completely agree. So I think Urban Meyer against Bob Stoops, he's just going to school him. I mean, Urban Meyer's as good as anyone. And you you have to believe he talked to, you know, uh, Tim Herman or Tom Herman at Tom. Uh, Houston. Yeah. at uh, So, you know, his old coordinator and good pal. So, you know, get the blueprints there. Like you said, Oklahoma didn't look like they could, you know, they could catch a cold on defense. I'm uh, just getting blown – Burn, burn coverages and big plays all over the place. Ohio State has the same ability, and you know they lost Russell Shepard. They lost a lot of production on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know the nasty defense of Ohio State is going to be. Um, I agree. Too much for Oklahoma. I think I'm, I'm pretty pretty sure they win pretty comfortably. So it might be a game I might get off here real quickly and put some action on.
0: <laughs> nice. All right, we got a. Uh... We got one more game. We're going to talk about uh, USC Stanford. I am um, just going to go through this one quickly. I think USC is pretty bad. Uh, I think Stanford is uh, slowly and steadily just kind of chugging along. Even though they're number seven in the nation, they are. Uh, they're. I think they're kind of under the radar, being out west. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's is a stud, um, and I think I think they'll cover this kind of easily. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this game quickly before we get uh, to the I, I big just, Kahuna of the week?
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think Stanford is just um, like, like you said, kind of just laying back there, waiting on you know, waiting on their big game. They get what Washington next week, which should be a huge game.
0: Yeah, uh, Washington's really good.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be an awesome game. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I hope it's a late night game so I can just watch football all day. But uh, yeah, Stanford, I think nine's a lot, but. Well USC gave up fifty nine to, to Alabama or whatever it was. Yeah. Um I mean Stanford could win by nine. And it's not the same Stanford as old, right? they they can they could bust big plays with Christian McCaffrey, so a lot of points. Give
0: me Stanford to cover it as well. Hit him with the big game, Tyler. Whoo! All right. The big kahuna of them all. Um number one, Alabama at number nineteen. Ole Miss. Uh Bama is a ten-point favorite in the Grove. This is going to be a a rowdy atmosphere. Uh, freshman quarterback coming into the Grove. Well, freshman quarterback tag teams with uh, a veteran quarterback. But what do you what do you think here?
1: So yeah, I'm, I'm going to head into Oxford for this game. Uh, I I don't I don't know. I, I we saw such a good offense right away from Ole Miss against Florida State. Um, and then it was just an utter collapse. You'd like to think that there's somewhere in between that those two kind of teams that we saw, um, wh- the, which how far to which side they, they deviate. I don't I don't know yet since they really haven't played anyone yet. Um, I think this line's already been bet up to eleven. Uh, I, I think right away Vegas the sharps took liked Bama at like nine and a half or whatever, or it opened at maybe even ten. So you know I I need to see it to believe it. Um, it's a, it's the classic play that we like to joke about the emotional hedge, but mm, I, I think my favorite,
0: think, my favorite,
1: <laughs> you get a lot of flack for the emotional hedge, you know. And I think um, Alabama does have some offensive line issues, and we saw early on before they had to play um, a bunch of plays, Ole Miss's defensive line dominated a good offensive line of Florida State. But what they can't happen, um, Ole Miss, what they can't have happen, which was what they had happen against Alabama last year and almost lost in the comeback, was. They got they. I think Alabama ran 104 plays in the game, and then I FSU ran 40 something plays and 90 something total in the or 40 something plays in the fourth quarter against Ole Miss and 90 something total for the game. And so when the offense isn't working, it can't just be three, you know, pop passes and out in like a 47 second offensive, offensive uh, possession. But I think it's going to be that. So that's why I think it's Alabama minus 10. I think they went comfortably, maybe 13, 14 points.
0: Whew. All right. Um, so I think I think where this game's really going to be decided is against the uh, both teams' weaknesses, which I think is both of their offensive lines. Um, so wh- whoever's defensive line can handle the other team's offensive line. Um, Alabama is going to be facing a defensive line that uh, really penetrates and disrupts with a lot of athletes. Uh, Ole Miss's line. Ole Miss rotates a bunch of people on the defensive line. Um, Man, Ole Miss's offensive line is probably going to be playing against the best front seven in all of college football. One of the things that kind of disturbed me about the uh, Ole Miss performances seemed like seemed like Chad Kelly was had had a lot on his plate and was tasked with a lot. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was the the leading rusher through the last half of the season last year, if not for the whole season, wasn't he? From yeah, they let, they
1: started letting him run um, towards the latter half of last year. They're afraid to afraid to really. Um, to really run him early because they didn't, you know, they don't really have a quarterback behind them. But then, that's when he started. That's when he really started clicking, right? And he had about six yeah. games, seven games, with only like one turnover, and and had a bunch of three hundred yard games is when he was a threat to run.
0: Um, and with that, with that high powered offense that they have, and uh, they have it rolling quickly. And when it looks good, it looks good. But uh, I, I feel like it's kind of like a like a point guard on a fast break. When you're running, you can make a lot of plays and get a lot of alley-oops, but you can also have a lot of turnovers. Um, when Chad Kelly has that offense really going and running up and down the field, it can look really good and then it can quickly, if you get a couple three and outs or throw a couple interceptions, like at the beginning of that third quarter against FSU, um, have a couple turnovers, then it, it can also look bad really quickly. So taking care of the ball for that Ole Miss offense is going to be really important, um, any any other thoughts you have on this game?
1: No, I I agree. It can, it's as, as good as the offense can look as as bad as it can also look. Um, I I do think there's something to say for a quarterback. It's going to be a crazy. It is going to be a crazy environment. Three thirty. Um, you know we've seen that they they dealt with zero adversity whatsoever in the uh, USC game. So uh, you know that adversity changes something so to predict that you know a freshman's going to come out there and and just be who he's been in really non-hostile environments at all and um you know never really face adversity you know to their you know to their success because they didn't, they didn't need to, but you know, there's, that's always something to take in mind. I mean, some kid gets hit really hard. That's what we saw. Francois was getting drilled, but he kept staying in there and throwing and he started throwing for, you know, 400 yards or whatever. Um, So if they can do that to another freshman and um, you know, he reacts a little differently, then we could see another outcome. But until that happens, it's, it's tough to kind of go against, you know, Alabama
0: here. One thing uh, Ole Miss does have is like, just beating alabama back-to-back years they have something that a lot of people don't have they maybe have some confidence that they've done it before they have confidence in the coach and in the game plan that they can uh you i mean i do think last year whether you like to hear this or not that there were a couple of toss-up plays that went ole miss's way that uh helped them in the game um a couple of tip balls and some things that happened maybe went Ole Miss's way last year that helped them get the victory. Um, but I think they Ole Miss has the confidence and the coaching staff and the game plan that they've done it before that a lot of other teams don't. And you see Alabama coming in, they're the big, powerful Alabama that kind of intimidates you. But Ole Miss has the confidence that they've done it before.
1: Yeah, Ole Miss dropped a couple of interceptions last year. It should have been a bigger blowout. Um, and <laughs> Alabama fans – Alabama fans say that you know they if they didn't turn the ball over five times it would have been a different game. It's like, well, can we say that for the FSU Ole Miss game? Can I can I claim that? No, shut up. Um, I'm picking you to win anyway. So, all right, that's all I'm going right.
0: to say. All right. Well, uh, it it'll be an interesting week. Uh, most definitely uh, a great weekend of college football. You are heading to Oxford. You're going to be at the game, so you can give us a report live from boots on the ground, live from what yeah. happened. we'll have a um, live,
1: live. Um, will be our live correspondent. I haven't bought tickets yet. Tickets yet. They've gone down about 25% in the past two days, so
0: I'm about to get off here and buy them before I change my mind. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to, if you want to follow uh, his live transgressions, you can follow him on Twitter at uh, C Caligari. It's uh, Connor Caligari. At Connor Caligari, um, that's all. That's all for me this week. Uh, I'm gonna go continue my juice cleanse. Uh, my stomach is growling, so I'm gonna go drink a coconut fusion juice.
1: Oh, the, that's the good kind of towards the end of the day, a little sweeter one. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's a little night, a little nightcap.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna so. be on a liquid. I'm gonna be on a liquid diet this weekend too. So,
0: <laughs> well, uh, enjoy yourself this weekend. Stay safe. Um, I hope you have a great trip and. Uh, we will be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel, for Tyler Fabush.
1: I'm Connor Caligari. Thanks for listening, fam. For listening,
0: fam. Adios.